0: Hello, I'm Carl Hellecker, and welcome to Book Chat. And with us today is Dave Brown, an attorney and also a longtime sports fan who's going to be talking to us about his interest in sports. He's put together two very entertaining and intriguing, informative books. And the one we're focusing on is Jim McMahon's In Your Face Book of Pro Football Trivia. Dave, welcome to
1: Book Chat. Thank you. Good to be here.
0: Thanks. Dave, when did you become interested in sports trivia, and how did your interest lead to the, this book? Yeah,
1: since a young age, about eight. I was always a sports lover. My dad would take me and my brother to the Eagles games, to Phillies games. I was a bigger baseball fan than football fan. And as the years passed, I really liked the, the trivia aspect of it, especially in baseball, which really lends itself to trivia. And in my teenage years, I began to write these quizzes to just distribute to my friends, and then I, I would start uh, sending them to uh, Harry Callis and other people in the business who responded favorably. And it just one thing led to another. When I got out of college in the early 80s, um, I thought I'd take a shot at putting all my quizzes into book form, and I uh, sent the book out to a publisher in New York who seemed interested, but they thought that um, the trivia needed to be spruced up with more personal anecdotes, which would be more humorous and fun. And that's when, and it really was a few years later before it evolved, but a friend suggested that I try to find a, a professional athlete who was colorful, who could provide interesting anecdotes about his playing days, which I could put into the questions and um, make it a more interesting trivia book, trivia with a little bite to it.
0: Right, and uh, you certainly uh, hooked yourself up with some uh, intriguing characters. I, I don't know, we may not get the chance to talk about the Mitch Williams book, but uh, Jim McMahon and, uh, and Mitch Williams, uh, pretty unconventional and colorful guys.
1: No doubt about it. And that, that's what I was really looking for because I you know, for it to be a you know, humorous book, I, I needed a player that was um, colorful. A lot of athletes are not, but um, Mitch Williams and Jim McMahon are you know, funny, colorful athletes. And, and Mitch had moved back to the New Jersey area and I was able to get in touch with him. And he had just retired the fall before and I, I pitched the idea to him and, you um, he said, let's give it a shot and got together with him uh, periodically over the next several months and just picked his brain about his playing days with the Phillies and other teams. And he would just tell me about the, the guys he played with and just some kind of behind the scenes uh, stuff. And, and, you know, all of a sudden it culminated in this book and it was a great thing. And and then, uh, you know, soon after the baseball book came out in 2000, I, I thought I'd try a football book and you know i'd recall jim mcmahon vividly from his days with the bears when he led them to the super bowl and then he later played for the eagles and and jim was you know renowned for being um outspoken and flamboyant and i thought he would be the perfect one for this book and he was out in the chicago area and it, it took longer to um to make the connection. I went through his agent and it was a series of letters and phone calls. And then finally I got the good word from his agent that Jim was willing to do the book. And I went out to Chicago and met him for a day and it was uh, very entertaining.
0: Is he a good guy to work with?
1: Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Both of them are, Mm -hmm. I found to be very, um, you know, down to earth and easy going. I think there's some athletes out there that are pre-Madonna's and, um, just would be difficult to work with on such a project, but both guys were, you know, very cooperative. And
0: how would you describe them uh, their careers as players?
1: You know, both had good careers. I mean, Mitch was a, a good reliever for mm-hmm. the Texas Rangers first, and then he was traded to the, the Cubs, and then he went to the Phillies and. 1991 and spent three years with them and and was really very effective and and especially in the the 93 season Phillies fans fondly remember that was when they went from last place to first place winning the division Mitch was a big part of it saving 43 games and that was the team that had Lenny Dykstra and Darren Dalton and John crook a, a very colorful team and you know unfortunately after they beat the Braves and the the playoffs and went to the World Series against Toronto was then that they lost the series and Mitch allowed a home run to Joe Carter that was, um, you know, really ended up dooming his career because the Phillies fans reacted so negatively and he ultimately was traded to Houston and spent um, a couple, three more years in baseball and then retired, but still all in all, very good career. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jim was drafted by the Bears in 1982 and just, you know, soon after um, just became a top-notch quarterback and everything came together in the 1985 season for for Jim and Walter Payton and his Bears teammates and they they won the Super Bowl and only lost one game during the season. And uh, Jim played with the Bears through 1988 and he, you uh, know, he clashed with, Coaches and owners over the years, there's no question about it. And that, you know, got him into some trouble. And, and that ended up leading to his trade to the San Diego Chargers. And then he made his way to the Eagles, um, where he spent the 1990, 91, and 92 seasons. Um, played a few more years in the league and finished up in 1996. But, you know, excellent career um, for Jim as well.
0: Yeah, how were these guys as team players? Did they get along well with their teammates? Uh, I,
1: I think absolutely. You know, my understanding is that, you know, th- they weren't hung up on their individual accomplishments, and you know, I don't think they really cared what their stats were. I mean, these guys were really about winning games, which is you know I mean, what pro sports really should be about. You know, they wanted to help their teams win um, divisions and and conferences and. That's what impressed me both um, about both of those guys.
0: So you went out and met with uh, Jim McMahon just one time, exactly. Right? Exactly,
1: because mm-hmm. he was out. Mitch was local, so I could do it. You know, go over for an hour. Right. Jim was flew out there. My cousin lived in Chicago, big football fan. We went to his house and just spent you know five six hours just sitting down in his living room and just. I just went through his you know started with his childhood and talked about his college days and most of it was about his pro career and just um you know picked his brain and mentioned players and and you know jim had out both of these guys really like very outstanding memories about their careers and can remember you know this is the a game we played in 1986 and this is a prank we pulled in training camp in 1991 and This is a, you know, notable quote that somebody delivered, and that all made for 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 good material.
0: Dave, as I promised, I think we'll test your memory. Why don't we take a little meandering trip through the books and see what you could tell us about some of the notable players in here? You had a good story on Randall Cunningham.
1: Randall was a guy that just Jim, just Flat, did not like, and and he was. Unlike a lot of athletes, was was willing to criticize a player publicly. Most players just shied away from that. But they were teammates for the three years with the Eagles, and Randall was the starting quarterback. And Jim just viewed Randall as a showboat, as somebody that was materialistic and un- unsociable and a crybaby, and and he just blasted him. And and you know that was the essence of the question. I mean, he acknowledges. Randall was a, a good quarterback and had a good career, but um, they did not see eye to eye.
0: Right, and did that um, get public at all during the time he was here? Is this more like for the book?
1: Or... I think it was more, I don't think Jim made a big to-do about mm-hmm. it then. I don't, I don't think he wanted to, to cause too many waves. And, um, you know, I mean, fortunately for Jim, the, the first year he played for the Eagles, he, he sat on the bench and Randall was the starter. Um, and then the next season, Jim Jim took over in the, the middle of the first game when Randall went down with a season-ending knee injury. And Jim got his chance to show his stuff and, and really had a very good year and helped him to the playoffs.
0: And that third year Randall came back. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. And then Jim did not um, see much playing time.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't think Randall was ever the same, though, after that knee injury.
1: No, no. he he, And, and that ended up... You know, leading to Randall himself was on the bench after Jim left and Rodney Pete took over. Mm-hmm. And Randall pouted a lot about that and then eventually retired and came back with Minnesota a couple of years later. But yeah, the knee injury did, you know, hurt his career.
0: Right. How about another large eagle, <laughs> literally and figuratively, Reggie White?
1: Yeah. I mean, Jim had good things to say about Reggie. Very funny guy. And, um, a jokester in the um, locker room, he would do imitations of Hulk Hogan and and other famous people, and um, you know, he was also a lay minister, and you know, very uh, you know very serious about that, and um, you know, and, and and Jim and Reggie had a mutual respect because they both, even though they were you know had differences personality wise, they both played hard, were team players, and. Um. yeah, he spoke fondly of, of him.
0: Right. Now, well, let's look at another another quarterback who didn't play in Philadelphia. He played geographically close, but uh, was quite a quarterback too, Joe Namath.
1: Yeah, Joe was, was Jim's, you know, hero, if you will, growing up. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jim admired Joe because he was, you know, not only a, a great quarterback with a tremendous arm, but, you know, he was somebody um, who was outspoken. And in in fact, early in Joe's career, he led the Jets to the Super Bowl. And he boldly, even though the Jets were considerable underdogs, 18-point underdogs to the the powerhouse Colts, Joe publicly predicted that the Jets would win the game. And sure enough, they did. And and Jim admired that kind of you know, confidence and swagger and he was a f- Joe was a flashy dresser and uh, yeah. very very similar um, Jim and Joe were
0: yeah I was, I was just uh, before we, the program we were talking I was telling you, I reading that the new book uh, by Mark Kriegel on uh, Joe Namath and he talks about that first super bowl where not the first but the one in 1969 where joe namath predicted it wasn't quite like babe ruth calling a shot huh. because he said uh, joe and the team had spent an awful lot of time reviewing the films of baltimore that year and they found a lot of weaknesses in that team uh none the least as they were old they were an old team So uh, it was interesting. I thought it was just a lot of bravado, but that was pretty much of a calculated uh, statement that uh, Namath really did believe.
1: Yeah, it sure was, and you got to give them credit for Yeah, they did. They prepared, and um, the Colts were never in the game. So that was good for sports. Right. And Chris Carter, back to the Eagles. Yeah, Chris was a a guy in the the Eagles and the Phillies. All teams have made some bad trades in their – in their day and the the trade of Chris Carter was a a notably bad trade and he'd played three four years for the Eagles and um, Buddy Ryan made the the unforgettable quote that all he does is catch touchdowns which is what you're supposed to do I think Buddy meant that he caught touchdowns but he didn't catch enough passes and he just let Carter go and then he goes on to play for the Vikings and went on to be become one of the, the best receivers ever and Jim in fact when Jim left the Eagles he played a year for the Vikings in 1993 and you know just thought Carter was a, a great receiver and you know who knows um how much better the Eagles could be could have been during that time if they had held on to Carter because they had a lot of playoff losses and um who knows
0: right let me let me see on uh, page 33 you talk about a number of uh ball players not necessarily who played for Eagles but uh, were born in Philadelphia
1: who yeah, was, who were some of those guys? That was a, just a, a theme of a question since I'm a, a Philadelphian, and you know a couple of the more notable ones, um, Rich Gannon, who started off slowly in his career, and he was went to St. Joe's Prep and University of Delaware down the down ninety five, and and he has just developed into one of the you know the great quarterbacks, and in, in recent mm-hmm. years and took the Raiders to the Super Bowl, and, um, and another Marvin Harrison. The, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Peyton Manning is his quarterback, um, born and bred in Philadelphia and just outstanding receiver. I mean, he's gonna be in Chris Carter's league, Jerry Rice's league, and um, Troy Vincent, who played a number of years for the Eagles at local ties from um, Fairless Hills up in Bucks County. It's mm-hmm. another good NFL player from this area.
0: Right. Well, certainly somebody who wasn't from this area but was large enough to be from just about every area <laughs> was uh, William Perry.
1: Yeah, the, the fridge. You know, he was. He was part of that uh, Super Bowl team with the the Bears in '85, and um, you know his girth is what people remember for him for, and he yeah. got that nickname of the refrigerator. And you know, Jim tells the story that when they were teammates, he spent twenty three dollars on a meal at McDonald's which is quite an impressive eating display. Back in the 80s. Yeah, absolutely. It right? yeah, you know, yeah. it'd probably be 30, 35 now. So <laughs> right. that is a that is plenty a quarter pounder. and um, But very, very funny guy and, and you know, good player and, yeah. and helped the Bears.
0: And carried a couple balls into the end zone. Yeah, yeah. he did.
1: That's what, Yeah, they did, uh, did something unusual. Although he was a defensive lineman, he um, converted. He made Perry a part-time running back, and when they would get down to the one-yard line, he would just – bust into the end zone and yeah. scored a few touchdowns.
0: Great. They we were having such a, a good time, you know, mandering through the book. Let's, let's continue. Uh, okay. Clyde Simmons was another uh, good player for the Eagles.
1: Yeah, Clyde was a, a defensive lineman back in that era when Rich Kotite was coach and Buddy Ryan before then. And big, big defensive end, very good. Sacked the quarterback a lot and, um, you know, also of, of interest. He grew up. Um, close to Michael Jordan, the the NBA icon, and um, Clyde and Michael used to play baseball and, and basketball against each other, and then Clyde turned his attention to football and, you know, had a, had a good career.
0: Good. Now, another uh, notable quarterback you mentioned was the Redskins quarterback, Joe Theismann, whose relationship with Jim McMahon was sort of...
1: Stormy. A, yeah. It was another guy that jim just did not hesitate to criticize now they were never teammates but at some point in the 85 season um joe was quoted as saying that jim was not a good role model for kids and you know jim did not appreciate that because they they had never met and he didn't he didn't think Osmond had any business saying that and then Jim went on The Tonight Show with uh, with Johnny Carson, and, and Johnny had brought that up, and Jim just, you know, really lit into Theisman, the And, yeah, you know, 20 years later, he still doesn't forget.
0: Yeah. You know, you bring up a, a point where you discuss some of the uh, players who made it to pros from nearby Cutstown the, the show that, you know, not every player, although most, come from big programs. Who are some of those guys from Cutstown?
1: Uh, Andre Andre Reed yeah. was a, a receiver for the Bills for many years and, and amazing that he played in a relatively small college and you know he was so obviously in high school he didn't attract attention from the the big division one schools but then had a good career at Kutztown and and all of a sudden he's one of the best receivers of all time and um, you know hats off to him for doing that and um, Lyle Alzado was another you know, somewhat controversial player of uh, the the 70s with the the Broncos and the Raiders. Real big muscle bound, um, and he went to school in uh, Yankton in South Dakota. The college yeah. is actually no longer in existence. Right. But again, see, he made his way to the pros. And, and there's a few other players. And um, you know, as we were talking about the. The 49ers, who won the Super Bowl uh, following the 94 season, had a couple uh, local, Lee Woodall and Ralph Tam, who mm-hmm. attended Division II Westchester, okay. and that's a kind of a notable distinction. The first time a Super Bowl champion is had two Division II players.
0: Right. As, as I remember even watching one of those games up in Kutztown, we had uh, Lee Woodall was playing at the same time as uh, Kutztown had John Mobley, right. who went on with the Broncos. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, to the more glamorous players, who, what about Andre Waters?
1: Yeah, Andre was a, you know, kind of epitomized those Eagles teams of the, the late 80s and early 90s. And and he and Jim were teammates and very, you know, according to Dan Dierdorf, the old Monday night broadca- broadcaster, Andre was one of the dirtiest players in the <laughs> league. And then Jim just said, you know, that was his style. He just, he just hit hard. He taunted, taunted opposing players. Um, you know, that that's the way he played the game. And you know, that's another guy that Jim admired for, you know, being a team player and a somebody who played hard.
0: Right. And uh Mickey Schuller, of course, played for nearby Penn State. Yep, he was, no yep, Penn he was
1: a yep, Penn State guy, Penn State. very good career with the Jets mm-hmm. for a lot of years and then made his way to the Eagles late in his career. And um he and Jim were teammates in the early nineties and a eh, bit of a practical joker. And, you know, Jim tells a story of them, Jim and a teammate, Ron Heller and training camp, they they need to break up the monotony and got a lot of fire extinguishers <laughs> and running up and down the dorm, spraying them. And then shoulder goes out and gets revenge and goes to Kmart and cleans out the fire extinguishers and then pays back the players. So hmm. I think that's life and, yeah. life in the nfl and training camp when things are less serious so right uh what about sonny jurgensen i mean sonny was a you know but before jim's time um came up with the eagles in the in the 60s sat on the bench for a while then got his time to to start and then they ultimately that was another trade that kind of backfired on the eagles because he went to the redskins and had some great years right. for them and he was one of those guys that was still playing at the age of 40 and and playing well he was a backup to billy kilmer and uh, helped the, the skins get to the super bowl and, you know another guy that you know jim jim admired
0: and you sort of saved the best for last almost because he the, the, the background <laughs> information on jim mcmahon is towards the end but i thought you had some good stories and maybe you can share some of those well with us.
1: i mean jim was he was a bit of a rebellious child I, I don't think there's any question about it and he um you know some kids didn't like school and he was one of them and he kind of quarreled with the teachers and got into fights with kids and um got suspended a few times and i mean i think it was his father was the coach of his junior high baseball team and threatened to throw him <laughs> off and you know he could have his life could have gone downhill there um but fortunately for him, he was, a, you know, baseball was really his, more of his his sport mm-hmm. in his younger days, and then when he got into to high school, football right. became his bag, and and fortunately, you know, he he just turned that into a a great career because he was never a an academic guy by any means. Although a very a very bright guy right. by all means to be an NFL quarterback, you have to have to have some smarts and he sure did uh
0: what about you any future writing projects in mind Dave? i
1: I would like to do i mean i just had a tremendous time doing these Mm -hmm. books i mean it's just you know it's been a thrill and um you know a lot of work and but i want to want to keep it going i you know i I thought about a, a basketball book and um you know, again, looking for somebody like Charles Barkley or Dennis Rodman, a mm-hmm. colorful athlete, kind of cut from the same cloth as Mitch and, and Jim McMahon. Um, and I also thought about something a little bit more ambitious, like a biography. Um, you know, if they find an athlete, uh, you know, with an interesting life story that mm-hmm. you know who a biography has not been written about. And I kudos to the the guy who did the Joe Namath biography because Namath is a um, you know a legendary football player and um, you know even though he's been retired for almost 30 years people remember him mm-hmm. and, and um, there's been other recent very good biographies and Joe DiMaggio and um, and Mickey Mantle and Sandy Koufax and, and I, I'd i really like to do a biography before it's all said and done.
0: Well before it's all said and then I hope you will because this book has been great fun It's Jim McMahon's In Your Facebook of Pro Football Trivia. Dave, thank you so much for joining us today on Book Chat.
1: Carl, thanks for having
0: me. My pleasure. I'm Carl Hallecker, and we'll see you on Book Chat again.